Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Well, hello, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today, which is July 7th, 2016. I'm so excited because our guest, Kathy Groover, is back with us. I remember when I first started my show, she was probably one of my very first guests. So um, it's just great to have her back. And for those of you who are not acquainted with her, she is an author, actually an award-winning author, and she hosts a national TV show that's based on her very first book that she wrote called The Alternative Medicine Cabinet. She also earned her Ph.D. in natural health and has authored over five books. Today we're going to be talking about her newest book, which is called The Journey of Healing. So let's bring her on to our show now. Hello. Hello, how are you? Just great. You know, for those of our listeners, I know, I know, I'm so excited. And with your busy schedule, it's it's really an honor. You know, for for our listeners who don't um, know much about you and your past, would you just kind of enlighten them as to how you got on the road that you're on today? Because it's a fabulous one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, of all things, I started out as an actor and never thought I would be doing any sort of medical anything. Um, someone had asked me the other day why I didn't go to medical school, and I said, I'll be very honest mm-hmm. with you, I was horrible horrible at math and science. Uh, so it, you know, it like, never even crossed my mind. And I always had this parallel path of doing massage and looking for alternatives as well as the acting. And when I was a theater major in college, I studied very accidentally um, massage with a woman that came through and worked in all the actors. And I kind of carried that with me. And as I moved through California and navigated Hollywood, trying to make my way as an actor, I kept the massage going mm-hmm. on the sidelines. And finally, I realized, ah. okay, well, the, the acting thing is not working, so what about the healing thing? <laughs> and when I, moved, when I moved to Santa Barbara, um, I gave up acting and healing, actually. And, but that was what I was just aching to get back to. And I really wanted to get my hands on people again, and I started doing more massage. And I realized people were relying on me as a health practitioner. It really wasn't about putting the elbow where the pain was. It was about their kids' autism and their uncle's heart disease. And so I started studying more and more, and I started writing and doing more radio and TV. And then the TV show came up. And so here I am, you know, 16 years later from starting my full-time practice with five books and a PhD. And, you know, I, I really think, Denise, I just followed the breadcrumbs. I went, oh, that's good, and I just went with it. You know, it was it was truly mm-hmm. just sort of divine guidance. Um, and I think a lot of people, a lot of people's stories are that same kind of thing. So, yeah, here I am. I don't know where I'm going next. <laughs> <laughs> 
Whatever it is, it's going to definitely be up. That's for sure. Oh, thanks. I'm hoping. So, I'm hoping. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I mean, really, you've you've um, been featured, you know, as an expert in so many publications, you know, Glamour and Fitness and Time and the Wall Street Journal and CNN. You must have a fabulous publicist. <laughs> I have gotten the majority of that myself. Um, I worked with a. I, I knew worked, it. Yeah, well, you right, exactly. I, she's exhausted, and she's so cranky sometimes. No, um, um, I actually I did work I, I did work with the publicist for a while, and she helped me so much. Um, she actually is an editor also, and she she helped me with two of my books. Um, and it's just it's it's tough because from the acting world, you know, you would never ever get an agent who charged you up front. Um, you would get an agent who got you work that paid, and then they'd take ten percent of that, and you turn to mm-hmm. the world of publicist and you pay them a huge amount of money every month and then they maybe get you work but it doesn't pay so there was this disconnect mm. in my br- in my brain of i'm paying you mm-hmm. how much and then you got me a magazine article that where's the roi on that um and then i subsequently worked with another one who got me some really great local stuff she got me on the news a couple times and and that kind of petered out so uh i am publicist list at the time, uh, you know, right now, other than what I'm doing for myself, and it, it's constant work, it's constant promotion, and you know, <laughs> you, you wrote books, you know, um, but yeah, it's, it's a constant, it's constant work. It's not just about doing your work; it's then about promoting your work, and it, it can be really exhausting. It, it really can, and when you when you say that it, it's constant, it is because the marketing aspect is so important to get the word out to the world. What you yeah. know, what you do. And what you do is really, in essence, a public service. I mean, you, you, the, the bottom line with you, and I know, I know you, is helping people. That's what you're. That's what you're doing. You yeah, really, it, it truly is, have a passion. I, I do. Thank you, because I, I do. And you know, I spoke last week at a cancer center. And I'll be back in two weeks speaking at the same cancer center. I spoke last week on stress, and I'm speaking in two weeks about um, nutrition. And I have a very special place in my heart for cancer sufferers. I've had, I've lost tons of clients to cancer. I lost my own mom at 18 to cancer. And so that is a place that you will always find me speaking. They don't pay me. Mm-hmm. And I told my husband, I said, you know, I walked in, I sold two books. I said, that didn't even cover my gas the hour and two drive to get down there. I said, but when these women stand, you know, it was mostly women. And, you know, one stood in line waiting to talk to me afterwards. She was very patient and she wasn't like, uh, and she got up to you and she just she put out her hand and she said, you know, I just want to thank you for your talk, for what you're doing. Do, do you hug? And I said, oh, my God, absolutely hug. And I held this woman in my arms and I could feel her bones in her back. And, you know, I mean, she was just, she's dealing with cancer and she's trying to deal with it naturally. And she was so appreciative that I drove an hour and a half each way to teach them some stress reduction, you know, skills. And to me, that is so much more rewarding than selling 10 books or selling 20. You know, it's just, it's great to have the income. I need that. We all need that. But it is so satisfying Mm -hmm. to see these people who you're really getting to touch. And that's really is why I do this. Well, you know, um, as we get into your book, um, you know, we we do want to, tell our listeners a little bit about how to achieve stress reduction as well. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, perfect. it's um it's really yeah, I think it's really important. So let's let's start talking about your book. Um how did the idea come around for the title and for the book itself? 
Yeah, Journey of Healing, these titles just sort of pop into my head, and I almost think the title pops up before the book. Like, I had the title Alternative Medicine Cabinet way before I started working on the book. Uh, it's such a good title. Yeah, I love that one. You know, um, and, and Journey of apparently I'm, all, I'm doing three-word titles, too. I've got Alternative Medicine Cabinet, Conquer Your Stress, Body Mind Therapies, Journey of Healing, Market My Practice. So I'm sticking with three words, apparently. Um, but, yeah, Journey <laughs> of Healing – um, it, because it is my journey, um, and I, I, I wanted the word journey in there or pathway or something like that because I, we're all walking an individual journey, and some people take their journey through the path of allopathic medicine, some people on mm-hmm. more natural mm-hmm. therapies. Sometimes they pa- cross and sometimes they diverge, and you know, um, it is a journey. And like I said, I feel like I just followed the breadcrumbs, and the road led me to where it led me. And a lot of the book is personal stories of my own experience of different kind of growth experiences, different healing experiences I've had that have nothing to do with any sort of medicine at all, but are just life experiences, like my experience modeling and my experience getting on the billboard and talking about bullying and body image issues and uh, cancer and a couple clients that I've had who really spoke to me. You know, these are the stories that I would tell during my live talks and people would come up afterwards and they'd not so much forget the technique I taught them, but they love hearing those stories because it was a lesson in that story. And I really feel strongly that people want to know that you're human, that you made stupid mistakes too, or very smart mistakes, uh, and that you live what you're talking about. And that's what this book is. It's a, it's, a, it's a combination of textbook where I'm explaining these modalities and how I use them, how you can use them, how they work or don't work. And then also woven through are my personal stories of just life that really lead you to uh, a life lesson or a discovery in yourself. And that was, that was the purpose of this mm-hmm. book is really getting people on the path with me and saying, this is how I got here. And if you want to get here as far as being a healer, here's how to do it. Here's how you, this stuff can help you. And so it's kind of a mm-hmm. uh, text biography kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think it is too. Which one is like your most favorite story? Cause we usually have them, you know, uh, in terms of personal oh. experience or, or or learning from those experiences. Yeah, I think from the personal standpoint, my favorite story is is getting stranded in England, uh, being stuck on the side of the road after the car ran me off and me getting so upset that I was going to be late to my bed and breakfast. I was so mad because I want to go to the tour and they're ruining my vacation. And, you know, I wanted to call back to the States and just complain that this was so unfair. And I'm such an only child. It's, you know, it's, not, it's my vacation. And I'm such a brat. And I called the owner of the bed and breakfast to tell her I'd be late. And I told her what happened. And, you know, I wanted commiseration. I wanted her to agree that it was so horrible that I was stuck on the side of the road waiting for British AAA. Um, and instead she said, well, are you in a safe place? I'm like, what? I, I, sure, I guess. I don't know. She goes, um, are you looking at something pretty? And I was furious. That's not what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear, oh, you poor thing, how sad that you're stuck on the side of the road. And I said, I don't know. I'm just sitting here. And she goes, well, you sit, you wait, you look at something pretty, you'll get here when you get here. And she hung up on me. And I was furious with this woman. Oh, my gosh. 
And I real because I was ready, you know, if it and if a global phone wouldn't have been five bucks a minute, I would have called somebody in California and just complained about how horribly unfair it was that I was, you know, my vacation was ruined and some automatic reactionary. Um, and in, re, in reality, I turned around from the road and I was in front of this beautiful field. The sun was setting and there were cows and there were flowers and and I literally sat there for forty five minutes and I looked at something pretty and I waited and then I got there when I got there. And it's so funny because, you know, the whole reason for this visit of Stonehenge and Woodhenge and Bass and Stanton Drew and the Tor and Avalon, and it was supposed to be the spiritual journey, which it was, but more of it came out of this woman on the phone telling me to pray and then hanging up on me. <laughs> that was that was a lesson that came out of that trip. And we choose where we put our focus. So I could have sat on the side of the road mad and complained. Uh-huh. Or, or I could turn around and look at something pretty. And I think about that often because we, at every moment of our day, have a choice as to where we put our focus, what we're going to look that's at, right. what we're going to think, what we're going to put in our brains. And so to me, that's just one of the, that was one of the first stories that I was really, telling during my talks. Yeah, that really got you kind, pretty much uh, on the path that you're on now because yeah. it was like a wake-up call. Yeah, and all of that happens before I studied at Harvard, before I wrote my first book, before that was, and it was before I meditated, you know, I was sitting in the middle of a hinge thinking I'm meditating, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> um, so it was before all that, and you uh-huh. know, then when I started to learn about formal, I know, so I'm like, I'm just sitting here, I think I'm meditating, I don't know. Um, when I started formally learning about meditation and mindfulness and focus and changing your mind and you know I would hearken back to that story and go oh that woman was so wise oh the bed and breakfast lady you know I, I think her name was Michu she was this French woman and she was amazing but yeah the best lesson that came out of that journey was me getting stuck on the side of the road uh, you know so we can look at those things that we deem mm-hmm. to be so negative and if you actually look at the lesson that came out of it or the experience that came out of it it doesn't have to be a negative thing it's just a thing we decide if it's positive or negative that's very true. That's very true, and, and our and our thoughts really do dictate um, our health, the yeah. state of our health. Yep, absolutely. Because every time we have a negative thought, and it's estimated we have about sixty thousand thoughts a day, and that fifty thousand of those are negative. That's that's insane. That's a lot of negative thoughts. And I realized mm-hmm. recently that one of the reasons is our brain's job is to protect us. So hearing anything negative gives us the opportunity to escape from that thing that's negative. So there's a reason why we follow those negative things more quickly than those positive things. But, you know, we have a choice as to what we're focusing on. And I actually had that experience this morning. I'll tell the story in the next book. Um, I dropped off my car to get my oil changed, and the guy said, oh, it'll take about two hours. Well, I only had an hour and a half. I had a client I had to get to. And I looked at it and I said, oh, my God, you guys are normally quicker than that, and, and I really need to get to this client. And he says, well, you know, I'll do our best, but it's probably, you know, we'll, it's pushing it, but we'll see what we can do. And I left, and I came back, and my car was still sitting out in the parking spot. It had been, like, already an hour and ten minutes. And my first thought was, oh, my God, they didn't even start it. I'm never going to get out of here. And I started to get really upset. I started to get really hyper. I thought I was going to miss my client. And I walk in the door, and I was about to be like, hey, you guys didn't. And the guy goes, oh, hey, you know, your car's done. I, I just put it up and did it myself. <laughs> totally caught me off guard. Because I was ready to yell at them for not even starting it. And in reality, the man not only handed it to one of the mechanics, he left the front freaking desk. And he changed my oil himself. And he did it. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? And yeah, I, we we I, all have we all have these amazing experiences if we just you know open 
ourselves mm-hmm. to the possibility. Like I went to the dermatologist today. I walk in the office and it's completely packed with people. And I'm Ugh. thinking, I'm the last one in. <laughs> so right. I'm going to be here for hours waiting. Well, within 15 minutes, the first lady got up and went to the front desk and said, I've been waiting for an hour, over an hour, I need to leave. I have to go pick up my kids. I'll reschedule. So that was one gone. Another man got up and said, how long is it going to be? Okay, I will have to come back another day. Do you know within 10 minutes' time, I was the only one in the the room? Oh, my gosh. And so the receptionist said, Okay, we can take you in now. The doctor is ready for you. <laughs> you know, and she had, you know, I had gone up to the front too to ask her how long it was going to be, and she, you know, and so I had to make that split decision: do I go yep. or do I stay? Should yep. I be patient? Should I be hopeful? Mm-hmm. Yes. And look what happened. Right. right. Absolutely. And it's that not jumping to conclusions thing, because I've also had a similar experience where I walk into the place that's packed. And it turns out it's all one family. And they all go, you know, I think there's 30 people in front of me. And in reality, they're all in the same damn party. And you're like, oh, okay, it's, you know, Manson party of 16. You know, and you're like, oh, okay. You know, so we, we have to have information. And, and one of the things that's so great that comes out of meditation and mindfulness is the ability to respond rather than react. My reaction this morning was, oh, my God, they didn't even start my car. I'm going to be here forever. Rather than waiting to hear what they said, it was finished, you know, and I put myself into this mini stress response, this little fight or flight response, which is so detrimental to us now in 2015, rather than being patient for a second and getting the information. I just, I laughed at myself. I'm like, oh, you're a Jesus. What is wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) So how how do we channel um, positive thoughts? when we may end up in these, these negative um, rotations. That's what I call negative mm-hmm. rotations, you know, yeah. one negative thought after another. Um, oh, yeah. And, and specifically if there's fear involved, because I know a lot of people who, who have, you know, really difficult diseases. You go out and, and you're mm-hmm. interviewing people all the time or you're giving speeches all the time. What do you tell them to put them in a better um, uh, frame of mind yep. for their outcomes. Yeah, there's there's three three things that I definitely recommend. The first one being affirmations, um, because we can't think two things at once. So it's that whole physics axiom of you know two solid objects cannot occupy the same space at the same time. You can't think two things at once. So if you're thinking, I am strong and resilient. I am healthy and well. I have my health. I am cancer-free, I am, um, you know, comfortable and flexible, you know, whatever it is, then you can't be thinking, I'm in pain, I feel sick, da-da-da-da. And I actually Mm -hmm. just did a a really phenomenal kind of mm, power of thought manifestation kind of class, and one of the questions to this gentleman was, well, what if you don't believe it? And I get that question all the time, Ah. to which my my answer is, well, you fake it till you make it. This guy had a different answer. What did you say? Feel it for him because... What, what, did you, so this guy, this, what did you say to this him? Guy, um, fake it till you make it. Oh, it, fake it know, till you, you make keep, it. Yep, you keep saying, I am healthy, I am healthy, and you'll eventually start to believe it. But what this guy suggested in his class was starting it with, I love. Because if you're affirming, I have a million dollars, that might be a push. So start with, I love having money. 
I love being comfortable and prosperous. I love having a million dollars. You can kind of slip it in, and your brain takes to it differently. So I really like that if you're doing an affirmation that isn't you're not resonating with and you, it's something you do uh-huh. want or you do want to change, starting with I love, I thought was a really great thing. Um, so mm-hmm. affirmations are, are first. It actually helps change our physiology, and they've done tons of studies specifically using athletes and sports performance. We change our physiology by changing our minds. So affirmations is definitely one. Um, and anything you can do to stay in the present moment, because in this moment, there's less stress. You know, the the stress is behind us and things we're dwelling on. And in the future, those what ifs, those things we're worried about. And if something bad happens in the future, well, you'll suffer then. So if you're dwelling on it and you don't know that it's actually going to happen, why do you want to keep suffering? You know, what did, uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember who said, you know, pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. Uh the suffering comes from our own creation in our mind. And so if you're worried all weekend long about the meeting with the boss, you ruined your weekend. Then you get bad news. Yes. You know? um, so the more you can stay in the present moment where there is no stress, the better off you're going to be. Um, and tying into all that, visualization is huge. We can, we can change our physiology with visualization as well and our outcomes. So there's a couple really easy techniques, not easy, they're easy, they just take practice (laughs) um, to to incorporate them, but there's so many options. You know, it it is interesting because, you know, you'll you'll see your family, you'll see your friends, and they're stressed out about what might happen, what Mm -hmm. might happen in their job, it's not going well, what might happen in their relationship, Mm -hmm. it's not going well. And, And so I assume what you're, you're trying to let our listeners know is that they need to immediately stop those thoughts and go to affirmations. Yep. Absolutely. Now, not to say you don't want to plan for your future and you don't want to apologize when you've done something wrong and you know, you know, that sort of thing, but um, no, yeah. to, to, to go on that negative train of thinking is just going to be detrimental to you and it's harmful to our health. Uh, you know, we have all probably stressed ourselves out to the point where we've gotten sick. Kids are really good at that. They get so upset they actually get nauseous and they throw up. Um, it affects our physiology. Yes. And that, you know, that fight or flight response is so powerful. And I'm glad we have it. It kept us from getting eaten by bears and dinosaurs and saber-toothed tigers. <laughs> but now, you know, now it's not this, um, it's not this, it's not needed the way it was then. Um, and it's, it's really mm-hmm. not good long-term for our health. So, yeah, changing your mind is huge. Yeah. It really is. What else in your book, uh, story-wise, did you want to share? Yeah, this one is this is the other one, and this is more clinical, but it's really important to let people know. Um, people assume because things are natural, they're perfectly safe. I'm going to tell you that's not always the case. And when mm-hmm. I moved to California from Pittsburgh, um, I wanted to start working with herbs. And lo and behold, because California has everything, uh, there was an herbal store, bulk herbal store, right down the street from me. And I was in heaven. I walked in there, and they had, you know, all the glass jars and the apothecary cabinets around the, the walls and the ceiling, and I felt like I was in heaven. And I walked up to the counter, and I said, what do you have for sinus problems? And the guy said, oh, no, no, no. He said, we can't tell you what to buy. Look at this book. I'm like, okay. So he hands me the book. I flipped through this book so many times, I finally just bought it because I'm like, I need this book. And it was a book on herbs. I still have it. It's Beat to Hell. Pages are falling out. Binding's broken. called Today's Herbal Health. 
Louise County. Love this book. I mean, like, I'm looking at it right now. It's in, like, 30 pieces. It's the best book ever. Uh, it is beat to hell. Reference, reference. I'm, I'm a book nerd. I'm surrounded by about 400 books right now, and that one in 30 yeah, pieces. Yeah, so, I am too. Um, I have tons of books. I, uh, I flipped through the book and I found all these different options for sinuses and I kind of made a list and da 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 and I bought a little capsule maker and I was being all like witchy herbal and I'm like I'm gonna make capsules and um, I bought a half a pound of dried horseradish. <laughs> I didn't know what horseradish was. I didn't eat horseradish. If horseradish would come with my dad's meal, he'd go I don't like that and he'd push it off to the side. So I had no idea what horseradish was. So I take this half a pound of dried, ground-up horseradish, and I take it home, and I make it into capsules, and I take six because Mm. I'm an idiot. And the burning (laughs) immediately started, screaming, like I have never felt such pain in my life. And this was at a time where I still drank milk because I didn't know any better. And thank God there was a fresh gallon of milk in the fridge, and my boyfriend grabbed the milk, and I guzzled this down. It was the only thing that helped. And about 15 minutes later, the burning started again. He went to the store and got me like two or three gallons of milk. And for the next 24 hours, all I could do was moan in pain and or drink milk. (laughs) And being that, you know, herbs are natural, this is perfectly healthy. Oh, I see what I did. I simply took too much. I'll just take three. (laughs) And about a week later, I'm such, oh, yes. I took three capsules, three capsules of dry, and the burning began. Luckily, we had milk on hand <laughs> for such an emergency. But it's like, a, you uh, know, I had, get, I had a, there was a woman sitting on the plane next to me, and she looked bored. And so I gave her a copy of the book just to read on the trip. And she happened to turn to that chapter, and I kept, like, kind of looking. She didn't know I had written the book. And I kept looking over to see, like, what her reactions were. And all of a sudden, she kind of oh, does a little, like, chuckle. And I can see her shoulders move. And then she just full on laughing. And I said, oh, what are you reading about? She goes, this idiot took six capsules of horseradish. And I said, yeah, that was me. And she's like, oh, my God. Because, and I tell that story because, one, I think it's hysterical because I was such an idiot. Two, just because it's natural doesn't mean it's safe. And three, check with a professional. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Don't don't flip through a book and be like, oh, I'm doing Oh, it was horrible, especially with something like herbs, which is a chemical, and it can interact with pharmaceuticals and so other many herbs. Things. And, oh, so many things. So, yeah, horseradish. Can't do it now to this day. Uh, like if we're at a sushi restaurant and they hand me wasabi, I'm like, um, I'm going to respectfully decline. Thank you very much. Yeah, can't even get here now. <laughs> uh, is that kind of where you got the idea to write the your book, The Alternative Medicine Cabinet, do you think? And the fact that I was an idiot, um, it could have been. Yeah, no, um, that actually, <laughs> that that was funny. I, I didn't set out to write a book. Uh, of course, you and I just talked about that. You never do. It just sort of comes out of you. Um, I had several people say, oh, it's so great you're doing public speaking. What's the title of your book? And I thought, what, what does one have to do with the other? And I realized that if you really, truly did want to start a career as a speaker, they really did expect you to be published. Um, and at that time, yeah. I was still in my yeah. master's program and, you know, I'd written tons of articles, and I thought, well, hey, here's my book. And it fit perfectly into the title, which is, you know, you open up the book, and there's just a bevy of things you need. So the alternative medicine cabinet was more born out of that that um, desire to reach more people, certainly. Um, and then also because 
you know, if you want to be treated like a professional, there's certain things people expect of you. It's like going to a business mixer and not having business cards and not having a website and not having mm-hmm. any other tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really looked at that first book as a tool. It was a business tool for me, and it worked. You know, it, it worked. So. Yeah. Yeah. So what what else do you want to share with our well, listeners about your book? Yeah. Or, or well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me give you let me give you my favorite stress technique because um, I'm very type A. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't notice that. Um, that's why I took capital letters. <laughs> Uh, yeah, very type A. Uh, and being that I'm from the East Coast, I'm very, you know, I go very go, 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 and I, you know, dance and do flying trapeze for fun. So if you tell me to I sit know. on a pillow and meditate, doing it? are you still I'm doing it? I'm still doing it. I am still doing it. I was just oh there on I went down and spoke. Yeah, yeah, and I actually had a, I had a really, really bad accident last October. I had a very bad trapeze accident. Uh-oh. Uh, so I was I was Uh-oh. out for about seven months, so yeah, I'm finally coming back. Yeah, I, I could have seven died, months. I didn't, so. What 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 happened? Missed, was it your back? Um, no, it was my shoulder and my knee. So I was working at a new rig, Uh-oh. and I was flying without safety line. And when you fly without safety Uh-oh. line, the safety goes away. It's in the title. Um, yeah. And I yeah. was it was the end of the day, and I was tired, and I peeled off the bar, and I took a really bad fall into the net, and ended up tearing my rotator cuff, and I ripped part of the bone off. And in my knee, it snapped above my head so hard. And I, I can feel all the people at home going, oh, that's cringing. Um, I tore my meniscus and my MCL. So the knee healed oh very my. quickly. Yeah, the, the shoulder has been taking a while. So I'm, doing, I'm back to strength training. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm about 98%. But, yeah, I missed seven months. It was pretty bad. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah. It was one of those lessons, you know, of when you're tired, stop. And when you say, this will be my last one, don't do it. You know, people have told me that with skiing, mm-hmm. too, that they've they've said, I'm tired, this is my last run, and they inevitably hurt themselves on that last one. Don't do not do it. Just stop there. If you're tired enough to uh-huh. finish the last one, you should stop. So, um, yeah, I'm not real good at sitting still and meditating, and I didn't know how to do it, and people always said I should, but no one explained why or how. Um, and I, I learned something called a mini meditation, which I've mentioned in both Conquer Your Stress and Journey of Healing, because to me it's, it's such a phenomenal technique, especially for someone like myself or your listeners who don't think they can sit and meditate. It's, it's really hard. It's, it's hard to do, and, and people don't like the failure aspect of thoughts intruding. Um, so with mini meditation, it's, it's so simple. You concentrate on your breath, the rise and fall of your chest, and on the inhale you think, I am, and you repeat that with every inhale. And on the exhale, you think, at peace. And you repeat that with every exhale. So inhale, I am. Exhale, at peace. And if other thoughts intrude, which of course they do, okay, you dismiss them without judgment. Just acknowledge that you were thinking. Return to your breath and inhale, I am. Exhale, at peace. Do that for a couple of minutes, a few times a day, and you're going to be golden. And it stops that stress response. It stops the fight or flight response. So it helps our cognitive function. It helps our digestion, our sexual response, our memory, our immune system, all of this stuff. So, uh, and it's easy to do. And you can do it anywhere. You know, you can do that in line at the bank. You can do it in the car in traffic. Don't close your eyes because that creates one other problem. Uh, <laughs> I don't need you that phone You're driving. You're traffic. <laughs> bumper yeah. to bumper traffic. <laughs> yeah. That you can do. That you can do. You might as well meditate. Sit there and look at something pretty. You know, I mean, it's the same thing. It's like you can sit and complain or you can meditate. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's – it's, it's, <laughs> Hey, no more drinks for you. 
my gosh, you're so funny. <laughs> Do you any comedy? Huh? Have you done any comedy lately? Uh, <laughs> I, I, every time I see a client and every time I give a talk, yeah. My, my goal uh, yeah. is to get three laughs for each talk and one laugh per client. So I, I reach my goal every day. It, you know, it's, first of all, if we can't laugh at ourselves, you know, what, what is the point? Um, and I just, to me, laughter is one of the best really truly is one of the medicine you know being that I was an actor I did improv from the time I was in like ninth grade my father is incredibly funny he is one of the quickest he's got such a quick wit and he is so endearing to people because of that he's just so salt of the earth every man uh, and I inherited uh-huh. that from him or I saw how it benefited him and I took it on so when people would say mm-hmm. oh my God, you're just like your father I'd be like oh thank you you know to me it's a huge compliment he's I, I he's my best friend I love it my is. dad uh, and I Aww. saw how yeah I saw how um, people how ingratiating that was to people to be funny you know and it breaks tension he was cracking jokes at my mother's funeral you know because that was his personal <laughs> defense mechanism. Um, but it sure. lightens things sure. so much. So, you know, in the middle of a cancer center at a talk on stress, I'm I'm going to poke some fun at myself and I'm going to make these people laugh. So, yeah, mm-hmm. always my goal. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm really glad that you, you do those talks. That's really, really uh, great. Um, before we were on the air, uh, listeners, we were we were talking about how she'll, um, Kathy will go volunteer, volunteer her time and give talks at cancer centers to help people mm-hmm. reduce stress and to learn more about nutrition and how important that is for recovery. Yeah. Yeah, there's it's interesting. There was I have a very good friend who lives in Vegas and he's an incredible public speaker and he's also a magician and he's a mentalist and he's of all things a cultural anthropologist. He's a PhD. So he's got um just a bevy of skills that he can lend to you know, whatever organization he's speaking for. And when I was talking to him about the speaking, I said, you know, the challenge is free, free talks and do you do many free talks? And he kind of laughed and he said, Kathy, there are three reasons I speak. He said, one is they pay me a lot of money. I said, sure, it's a job, of course. He said, the second one is it's in a place that I want to travel to. And I thought, well, what a great idea, especially if they're not paying you to be there, you might as well be in a place you've always wanted to go. He said, or three, it's an organization or a group that I believe in. And to me, that's where mm-hmm. these, cancer, these local cancer centers fall in. You know, I'm never going to make, ton, I shouldn't say never, who knows what will happen, but it's like I don't, again, as I said, I don't do that for the money. I do that because these people need the information that I have. Um, there are other people who mm-hmm. pay me to speak. I, I just came back from Rome. I'm about to go to South Africa, you know, really tapping into the where do you want to travel aspect of it, which I'm now taking advantage of thanks to his Mentioning that, I had never really thought of that before. So um, I'm still learning. But, yeah, you know, it's like I, I want to go, whether it's five people or 500 people, help them be healthier to inspire them to change their lives a little bit. Do you get nervous before you give your speeches? Nope. Nope, never. Wow. I've been in front of people since fifth grade. Uh, uh-huh. Probably before that with the dance recitals. The only time I got really really nervous was before a trapeze show (laughs) because that was so out of my comfort realm i i showed up to to fly this rig up in seattle and i was just simply gonna do a couple days of classes and the next thing you know they convinced me to do their student show that night and i'm standing there in a mini catholic school girl school girl skirt with a red sparkly bra and my hair and pigtails going what the hell am i doing 
and I oh, about 150 sorry. people were there, and I stood up there thinking, I, you know, I performed for my entire life. I speak in front of, I've done TV, and it didn't bother me at all. Standing mm-hmm. up on the trapeze platform, ready to do my trick, really scared the crap out of me. Because yeah, you only get one shot at it. You know, you only get one shot uh-huh. at it. Um, I made my catch. I did my trick. It was beautiful. But it was really very different than what I'm used to. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you mess up a dance routine, yeah. probably nobody notices. You mess up your lines in a play. No one knows but the other actors. I mess up my speech. Definitely no one knows because I'm, you know, I'm talking as I go. You mess up your trapeze trick, they kind of notice. <laughs> Oh, it's so true. It's so true. I still get nervous <laughs> before I have to speak. Do you? Yeah. I, a little Try bit. The, it's just that initial. It's just that initial yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, and, and I do it. Yeah. Try the the mini meditation that I am at peace before you go. Um, that'll mm-hmm. take all your nerves away. That's I do that before mm-hmm. I speak, before I get on the radio, before I sit down to write. Um, that's that's a really good technique for that because you can do it just for thirty seconds while someone's introducing you. you know? Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good tip. Well, is there anything else that you would like to impart with our audience today? No, I I think just you know to go for it. Um, to know that you always have options, and whether it's an option for a second opinion. Uh, whether it's an option for a different health modality or a different practitioner or a different way to think or a different food or, you know, one thing we do have in front of us is options. And taking Mm -hmm. those options empowers us. And stress is a feeling of being out of control. So give yourself Mm -hmm. some control back and make a very conscious choice, Um, you know, to think differently if nothing else. We definitely have that in our control. It's not easy, but with some practice we can. So, you know, working with those affirmations and the mini meditation and just knowing that, this is the moment we have. We can't control what happens in the future, so don't project there. You know, fantasize about fabulous right. things and manifest those and create those, but this is the moment we have. Yeah, and, and I like how you you said that, um, you know, worrying about what's going to happen to you in the future. Don't worry about it because if it happens in the future, you'll suffer then for it. You don't need to suffer now. Right. And it's so yeah. true. Yeah, I, I had the well, privilege of you. speaking... Oh, I was going to say, I had the privilege of speaking in Jordan last year, and my family was very concerned that I was going to the Middle East. And I said, that, you know, oh. I can worry about that, or I can go and have an amazing trip, and if something happens, it's going to happen. Something can happen with me sitting in California. Some, you know, I've been hit by a car. My dad's been hit by a car. It's, we can't control what's going to happen to us. We just have to live and trust that everything's good and not project negatively into the future. So I had a lot of talks with him about that. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I I just recently took a three-week trip um, by car and went up up into Canada. And, Mm. you know, I mean, traveling by car is a lot more uh, risky than flying. Yeah. And, um, you know, I drove in all different weather conditions. But before I left my home, that's what I did. I did a positive affirmation. So this is going to be the most incredible trip. It's going to be a safe trip. It's going to be a wonderful trip. I'm going to meet some amazing people. And that is exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. We do. We create those things and we forget how much power we have. Exactly. It's so true. I mean, from... From the very beginning of the trip to the very end, it was so amazing. And the timing of everything was just perfect. If I got to yep. Yellowstone National Park, 10 minutes 
Old Faithful went off within oh. 10 minutes of arriving. <laughs> you know, you have to wait hours for Old Faithful to go off. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just um, we create our lives. Yep, we absolutely it doesn't just do. Happen. It doesn't just happen to us. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Kathy. I'm so glad that you came on today and we got to touch base and teach the listeners some really great information on on their own journey of healing and and basically how how to deal with their lives on a day to day basis in a positive way. Oh. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I had a blast coming on. I appreciate you having me back. Would you just, um, before before we conclude, let the listeners know where they can um, get your new book, Journey of Healing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the best place is my website, which is thealternativemedicinecabinet.com. And all of my books are there, Journey of Healing, my massage DVD. Uh, you can sign up for my newsletter, which comes out once every two or three months. And uh, there's a lot of, tons of free resources there too. So just go check it out and you can keep learning more. And then my books are there too. All right. Well, thank you. So much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, you're and so take welcome. Take care. <laughs> you too. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Please join us again next Thursday. We'll have another really great show for you. Um, remember to tune in next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Till then, be happy and be well. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?